0: I'm Lisa, I'm Caleb, and I'm Sean, and this is Watcher Harry, a podcast for three obsessive and slightly drunk friends discuss the wider Harry Potter universe. Uh, And as a reminder, this show has inappropriate language and content, and it's not safe for kids. So please don't let your kids listen to it.
1: Do it. This one shouldn't be that bad. Ah, Who knows? though? You never know.
2: (laughs) You do never know, especially with with us. I was, yeah, I feel like, I feel like, you know, it's just, you never know what we're going to, where what tangents we're going to go on.
0: I don't you like to know. box ourselves in by saying it's not going to be explicit in any way. I right.
1: Th- now I'm excited to see what happens, because this is like a very, not talking about specific characters too much. Well, right. what are we talking about today?
2: Right. Um, today we are talking about the Department of Mysteries. Uh, we have set ourselves with no agenda, no objectives, um, just that as a topic. Uh, and I'm really excited to see what all three of our brains came up with.
1: There's actually a document. No,
2: notes. I know. But, but I just, there's no like, outline. Yeah. Right. I just meant like we we didn't set um, any kind of like, you know, we're not ranking Hogwarts hotties, like we're not doing anything right. like that. Right. Yeah. Um, we just basically set ourselves loose on a topic and. Yeah. Um, and I'll be honest, I did not read your notes because I always like to be surprised. Who cares? Uh, I have my own notes on my side. Um, mm-hmm. So we'll see. We'll see what happens.
1: I'm being reminded of the uh, the time travel episode where we thought we didn't have shit to say. And then we went for like two
2: hours. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> we do do that.
1: Oi. What are we drinking? We started with Lisa last time. We Sean.
0: Okay. So... I am not actively drinking now because I did go out before this and drink more than I did intend to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. So I have had three glasses of wine. I have no notes. I haven't read your notes, Caleb. Yes. I let's let's do it. Oh, I have yes. Not, I We're I, getting... I have not thought. I, I'm just gonna pure pure vibes this episode this is yes.
1: unfiltered not super work sean fitzpatrick <laughs> indeed i'm excited
0: so lisa what are you drinking oh okay um i i'm
2: reverting to my old ways unfortunately uh, i just pulled whatever was out of um my friends rachel and abby's refrigerator oh. and, Vintage lisa. um <laughs> yeah um and it's a june shine kombucha alcohol hmm. um which i've had before and i i think are quite good generally this one is coconut cruise though hmm. and boy boy howdy does it <laughs> just taste like sunscreen Jeez. <laughs> tell you what lisa is. growth
1: is not linear it's okay <laughs>
2: <laughs> i appreciate
0: that sunscreen. what about you caleb
1: uh i think i got your beat hold on let me put my mic Neat. on the trip for pod. you I uh, oh yeah,
0: Caleb has just been like flinging their mic around, just like carrying it with them as though <laughs> they're like a presenter
1: because it's short. And you told me three episodes ago that I had to be closer to it. Yep, and now I'm leaning over. I'm drinking a Miller Lite <laughs> oh. <laughs> because I have a work thing at 9 a.m. So I shouldn't be drinking anything. So I'm basically just hydrating. Um, it's a fine pilsner, it's very cold. And, uh, yep.
2: It's a fine listened. Kildner.
1: That's what it says on the label.
2: <laughs> oh, that's very funny.
1: All right. Well, uh... We dive in? Heidi Ho, let's dive in. I'm gonna say hi-dy-ho. that now because you did, Lisa. Uh, so, yes. Department of Mysteries. I don't remember whose idea this was. It was mine. What? Yeah. Uh, what was your inspiration?
2: Uh, <laughs> I think... Mostly thinking about the unspeakables working conditions is what really um, I, I wanted to discuss it. Just what we think about it. Uh, how do we feel they enjoy their jobs? Not enjoy their jobs? Mm-hmm. Are they all just losing their goddamn minds? Like, what? What's what? Uh, I think we can we can we can get into it as we go. Uh, but that would be probably what really triggered it for me when I put it on the list of things of mm-hmm. just being like.
0: Man, being an unspeakable must be Sad. really hard. Yeah. Yeah, that's I I've actually never really thought about it um because we obviously don't ever see them work. Like we don't we don't really know what they do because the only time that we're actively in the department of mysteries obviously no nobody is there. So we mm-hmm. don't know how this place functions on a normal Sorry, Lisa is making a a terrible face as she sips her drink. We are truly back to to old Lisa now so just sorry, unhappy everyone. with her decisions um uh we only see the department of of mysteries when it is in this battle setting with the you know Harry and and his friends against the death eaters um but the department of mysteries as a whole was always just one of my favorite sort of like larger wizarding wizarding universe uh you know, things that we, we didn't get to dive into a ton as readers. We, we only kind of saw it as this background for this larger battle that was happening. Um, but it like loomed so large for me as a reader, as just this fascinating area of magic that I wanted to know so much more about.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that, I mean, I think there's, there's quite a lot of reason why we don't get to know more about it. Right. Because it, it would be really challenging not to ruin it if we learned more about it. Yeah. I think, um, I think one of the, the, the beautiful things about it is that it is truly just such a mystery. Right. Yeah. Um, I think the, I think the the thing that's fun about it is you really do get to let your imagination kind of fill in a lot of the gaps that you don't, read necessarily as an as a, as a reader you don't get to experience them so your brain is kind of filling in a lot of those gaps of of what's going on in each room and and what what what's going on there and i think that's what makes the department of Mysteries so gravitating like it it, it just really pulls you in
1: it's a mystery i read this yeah. comment on reddit i don't remember the person's name but they're like yeah that's why it's called the department of mysteries and not the department of well-known fringe magic well-known <laughs> and that so <laughs> that's
2: really funny yeah i have I have on my notes uh, the title of the notes that I wrote. The title of it is just "Enigmatic Government Sectors."
1: <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, it, de- it yeah. definitely does have the the vibe of like um, what is it like air, area? Where, where are they where are the right, like Area
2: Fifty One? Right, Area Fifty One. Exactly. Like-
0: it's, like, kind of the Area 51 of the Wizarding World. Yeah.
2: And I think I think that's the way that I, I described it a lot in my notes uh, as we go through it. But I described it a lot as, like, the unspeakables are just n- nerdy, magical scientists. Yeah. They're yeah, the they're ones just, doing all of that. the experimentation. They're the ones just blowing shit up and getting paid for it.
1: Wouldn't, I, I wish we met, like, one student at Hogwarts whose career Who goal that. was... Department of Mysteries.
0: Right. They
2: would probably be really weird though.
0: So do we, again, I I did not do any research for this episode. So maybe one of you can answer this. Like, do we, we don't in the books know anything about them? Like we're not, we're not given any more information in terms of the, the, the wider Harry Potter world. Do we know technically what their job is? Is it just to be researching this magic in whatever way that means, whether it's like experiments or just, observation do we know what like you need on your your owls or your newts to like get into this position
1: nope we don't know shit.
0: okay yeah we know that they have uh, i mean according to like
2: non-canon things right they have a lot of power it seems in the in the ministry Mm -hmm. um but not necessarily a lot of power to like affect a ton of change they are just kind of their own thing that everyone is a little bit afraid of them so nobody really messes with them too much. Uh, I think they're I read on- weird. Yeah. I mean, I think More I read people. on, I think it was uh, Harry Potter Wiki that they're the only government, they're like the only ministry department that doesn't answer in any capacity whatsoever to the Department of Magical Law Enforcement. So yeah. they have like no overseeing regulatory body. They have nothing. They don't, they don't answer to anybody. They just kind of do whatever the fuck they want.
1: Did you read the bit about the minister, whoever it was, who tried to shut the department down and they just ignored him? <laughs>
2: yeah, and all the unspeakables were like, mm, no, we're we're not going to be doing that. Yeah, we're they, just going to keep showing up.
0: They feel like the magical Manhattan Project.
2: Ooh. Totally. Yeah, I see that 100%.
0: And that is so interesting. I want to know yeah. everything about them. Yeah, totally.
1: To be the one... Or the one of very few with access to time turners. It's dangerous as hell. And we saw yeah. one of them get imperious in Order of the Phoenix, which is like kind of a surprising breach of security, I guess. The
2: unspeakables seem like a giant breach of security. Like yes. I get that human beings are that way as well, right? Like in, in, in general, right? You've got folks working on classified top secret works and they still go home and things like that but man Unspeakables just really have access to a lot of big danger.
1: It's actually kind of fitting I think we talked that's before we started recording but watching hours of JFK conspiracy while doing this research I'm in like a I feel weird (laughs) (laughs) I'm in a weird space right now it's a little uncomfortable. Um, So should we get into specifics about the department itself?
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: All right. Um, so we already said we don't actually learn that much about the department in the book. Um, we know that there are 12 different rooms, which we can surmise assuming there are 12 different departments. We know there's 12 different rooms because of the 12 different doors, um, when they go into that circular, chamber um and this
0: is in order of the phoenix is like the only real time we spend time there although i I do think it's mentioned again in deathly hollows maybe not
2: sure yeah probably i mean they definitely talk about it again but they don't really spend a lot of time in
0: there at all okay so so order of the phoenix is when we're like really yeah in in this space Mm mm-hmm yeah.
1: So we we first see it when Harry has to go to his um that was my automatic cat Peter, I'm sorry. Uh, when Harry has to go to his hearing for use of underage magic, um, they give us a little, they give us some breadcrumbs. He's like, what's in that door? And they're like, oh, Department of Mysteries, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but we don't learn what it is until much later in the book. Um, so what do y'all remember about what specific rooms are in the department?
0: Off of the top of my head, I remember time. I remember death. Um, I remember them mentioning love as one of them. Um, what were the brains? So like memory mind memory. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. Uh and then there's like the briefest mention of the space room.
2: Oh, all yeah. the
0: planets, yes. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And the love like the room, the love room is the it's suspected to be that really hot door that Harry Mel Sirius's knife in the crux of the door. Mm. Um, like they can't they can't get in. It's like the Dumbledore says that it's the most dangerous thing that they experiment yes. with.
1: He's so gay for love. <laughs> <laughs> so gay for love. He loves, he loves love. He loves love. Uh, So this is located on the ninth floor of the ministry. uh, And we know the ministry is located underground. So it's actually the lowest floor. So maybe the most secure. And as we already mentioned, the employees are known as unspeakables. We don't know anything about what they do. We know that they're not allowed to talk about what they do. Um, And yeah, uh, pretty much we just know that each room studies a different topic considered to be a mystery to wizard kind. Um, mm-hmm. And so the death chamber. Um, this is where most of the action actually... So the death chamber and then... Oh, the prophecy room.
2: Yeah, and the yes. brain room. And the brain room. And the time room. They spend and a lot of time in the Department of Mysteries.
1: They actually do. What, uh, what are y'all's favorite ones what do we want to start with
2: um my favorite so uh this is this is a little bit of a grievance that i have movie wise versus book wise uh we don't get enough department of mysteries in the movie they really fucked that one up like boy talk about something that could have been a really 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 cool battle sequence and they just did Hall of Prophecy, Stone Dais Room. And that was pretty much all they did. They didn't do the time thing. They didn't do the brain thing, which I guess we're going to get into now. Um, but like the time sequence is so neat when they are just kind of exploring and there's the, um, I think the time room is my favorite. Oh, nice. Because they have just like the cool thing. So um, like the description of the time room is there's this big... Kind of like bell jar looking thing that's kind of made of I guess like a membrane they don't really know um and all you see is this like we talk about it in the time episode a lot um where the there's this like bird being hatched and growing up and then being reborn and kind of circling cycling through things and all of that and then that big death eater's head gets stuck in there and he turns into a giant horrifying dead death eater baby yeah if I ever do
1: like a Harry Potter con, I'm gonna dress as that baby. Oh,
2: absolutely! Like, I just think I think that that scene is, is just so. I don't want to say whimsical because that doesn't feel quite right. It's like darkly yeah, yeah. whimsical, I guess. Uh, but I always like that one.
1: I that is one of my favorite scenes in the series. I don't yeah. know why. I think about it all the time. It's Same. just like so inventive.
0: There, yeah, there's agreed. Some, there's something about everything we see in the Department of Mysteries that feels so interesting. Because obviously Harry Potter is a is a series that as we go on, it does get darker. They're not afraid of like shying away from darker themes or images. But there's something about the Department of Mysteries and the things we see there that seem so strange and beautiful and horrible in a way that we don't see anywhere else. Like the idea of of this Death Eater's head that you know becomes a baby and it is going through time separately from his body is horrific. That's that is a that's a terrifying thing to think about. And it's used to a little bit of a comedic effect, but it's really heinous. It's yeah it, it, it it's really unnerving. And the same with the you know, the brains and the way they they latch on to people. And then obviously the the death door is so beautiful and horrible in its own way. It just feels like sections of this book that they don't feel like anything else mm-hmm. in this mm-hmm. book. They feel uniquely dangerous and, and beautiful and scary in a way that I always found really fascinating.
1: I agree with that. I think there's something sort of sacred about it. There's like a- these things exist purely for the purpose of being studied, to try to understand the universe. And it transcends, like, it's beyond the reaches of government. Um, Like they couldn't even be shut down. That's how important this stuff is. Um, Somewhere in extended verse, it says that the Department of Mysteries predates the ministry itself. So like, this was, you know, a pursuit that predates government in Britain, anyway.
0: And, and it all for, you know, for all of the things that she's gone back and tried to add context to, or has tried to, you know, shoehorn in into canon or explain. Um, I, I'm really glad, and I, I hope J.K. never does. Like, she doesn't touch the Department of Mysteries, right? Like that is, it's something weird, and it's something we don't understand, and there's no more explanation was ever given and I hope that we we don't because they felt like something out of another book yeah um but in in a really good way
1: she does one I read a Pottermore interview today um they asked her directly about the love room and she does clarify because Dumbledore like pretty much said it so she confirms it and then later in the interview she's like and I purposely don't talk like I'm purposely not giving you any more to keep it mysterious
0: Mm
2: -hmm. right well and i'm sure it's like it's really hard because if you try to give any more like i like i I think it would be really hard for her not to really like ruin her own really really like objectively very creative Mm -hmm. idea um i think that one would be it would be just too hard to like not to ruin um or to make cheesy or um just yeah just not as it's never going to be as good as what our imaginations have already put together. Mm-hmm. She, she can't compete with that. Yeah.
1: I found some theories about what the other rooms might be, which maybe is where we will debate something later on. Um, and I don't like them. <laughs> Cause it's just like, I'm like, don't suck the air out of the thing. Like it's, yeah. I don't want to know. Yeah. Um, so. Let's talk about the death chamber. I actually found like a a kind of interesting fan theory about the veil. Um, And I'm referring to it as the death chamber because that's what Dumbledore calls it when he's telling Fudge where to find uh, and round up the death eaters that he'd
2: Mm
1: -hmm. never taken care of during the battle. Um, So this room is described as um, almost like an amphitheater, like, uh, a room with descending rows of stone benches, and then at the bottom, there's the raised. Is, is this for dais?
2: Dais. Dais.
1: I. That's just a word I don't say out loud. Yep. Um, the raised dais uh, upon which a mysterious archway stands, and so the archway has a black veil. Um, some of the characters, so like Harry, can hear whispering, but like Hermione can't hear anything. Um, And then later on in the battle, we see Sirius, uh, stunned by a curse, he falls back through it, we all know he dies, rest in peace. Uh, But it's never explained. We don't know what this thing is or what it means. Um, So I found a fan theory that points to the resemblance between this room itself and the um, ministry courtroom
2: yeah, Harry himself, he says that it's, it looks almost identical to the courtrooms, except for the dais in the middle.
1: Yes. And so this comparison has led some fans to believe that perhaps the archway was at one point uh, a form of execution that predates the discovery of the killing curse, um, which I thought was just like a really cool connection. I
2: I've always thought that as well. And and for several reasons, because it resembles the courthouses and because it has a name, right? Dumbledore didn't just call it the death chain chamber on a whimsy, probably. Right. right. Um, and, and it, everybody knew what he was talking about. Yeah. It's like, seems to be the one thing in the department of mysteries that everybody knows exists mm-hmm. or at least most people at work of the ministry knows exists. Yeah. Um, so it seems like it would be something that has, more root in practical use versus experimental use, if right. that makes sense.
1: Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, another point to support the theory is that, um, oh, it's possible that the, that execution was outlawed at some point because none of the Death Eaters from the second Wizarding War were ever, or from the first were ever put to death. They were just sent to ask ben. Yeah. Um, so that is from Screen Rant. Thank you, Screen Rant.
0: That That is fascinating to me. So I never have thought of it in that way. And that's maybe because I was more thinking about it in the larger context of the Department of Mysteries. Um, I think the idea of this being used practically is really interesting and, and obviously upsetting, right? And like, <laughs> you know, um, I always thought about it in a gentler way um so obviously the concept of a veil between the worlds is not unique to to harry potter the idea of you know even when someone dies you say they've they've passed on Mm -hmm. um they've, they've moved into this other space whatever that means to you physically or spiritually or whatever it is um I think about it in terms of, you know, the fact that it is in this sort of like amphitheater type thing that's completely empty, more in this symbolic idea of, you know, we are surrounded by people in life, but in, in death, this is something we do alone. Hmm. So you're on a stage, but you are performing to an empty crowd. You are such a writer.
2: Oh, (laughs) that was beautiful.
0: Thank you. So I, I, I think the uh the idea of what the practical implications of why this would be in something that looks like a courthouse it, that makes a lot of sense that's something I would like to sit with and and think ab- about more um for me because it it is in this this space that is more theoretical and is more mystical I think of all the things surrounding it in more in symbolic terms as opposed to like here's a practical application to it yeah
2: I <laughs> I don't think that JK is that smart. <laughs> Just
0: be <being> honest. <laughs> uh,
2: no, that's no,
0: that's that's fair. I actually um don't necessarily give her. I actually the opposite. I don't give her the credit of thinking far enough along to be like, I'm hinting that this was like corporal right. punishment, <laughs> right? That's that, actually, that actually feels more like a really, really interesting, well-developed fan theory to me than, yeah, hey, you played on a, a very common trope of uh, essentially a door between the worlds. I always also saw it um, as, as being a sort of spiritual connection to the mirror of Erised. <gasps> mm, interesting. Uh, because again, like, and again, I think it's just the way it's presented where, you know, Harry finds the mirror of Eris and he's in this this empty room and he just sees this kind of other version of death, right? Like he sees all of the people in his life surround it. You see all of your desires and if you were thinking of the veil and and death in a slightly gentler, more natural way, which I am more inclined to do, it it feels like another another side of that coin.
2: Right. Now, I wonder
1: sorry.
2: Go ahead. Why? I was just going to say I forgot about the mirror of Erised. Me too.
0: Isn't that in the department? I that was just feels like it ask, should be in the Department of Mysteries.
1: Dumbledore said it was. No wait, he was talking about the stone. Where the fuck did it go? Why was it, it at know. Hogwarts? Did
0: it,
2: ever? did it break? I don't remember if it broke or something.
1: Hmm. Well, maybe maybe that's in one of our rooms. I wonder oh, what well, that would be the study of.
0: Right, because what is it still Zire. just in those those secret rooms under the the, the forbidden corridor? Who knows? I mean, well, and I think it's so interesting, right? Because it is
2: the department of mysteries is on the, um, on that bottom floor, like we just talked about. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's got, it's, I mean, that means it can basically just like, it's in, it could be like infinitely large, basically. Right. It could be like the size of the whole crust of the earth, essentially, if it really needed to be. Um, And so who fucking knows what goes on in there? Like I, I, the room that I have so many questions about is the space room. <gasps> yes. What is it? Cause it looks, su- all- they, they're in it briefly and it looks super cool, but like, what is it? Right. It's in there. Right. It's the thing I think that gives me, like that brought me the most questions when I was just remembering about all of the things at the department of mysteries, because like, tell me more mm-hmm. about space travel. Oh. Like, I just want to know about what the fuck is going on with space travel in the wizarding world. Do they do it? They have to be, right?
1: If you, like, apparate to the moon and just die?
0: Right. It, but, it is, I mean, you could just put a bubblehead charm on, right? Is, is, <laughs> the, is the implication that they have something to do with the way the planets move? I don't know. Or are they just trying to really
2: study the way that the planets move and understand the universe better? Like my question, I was thinking about it I'm getting way too deep into it, right? But like they can apparate. can they like amplify their operation with like black holes and shit?
0: Whoa. Right. I'm I'm also wondering if it actually has more of a divination purpose because um, obviously okay. Trelawney's always like, oh, fucking Mars or whatever right today i I feel like everybody thinks
2: yeah but i feel like everybody thinks that trelawny and divination in general is like pretty
0: unreal like but that's why i think but that's why i I think it would be here like i think whatever is going on with divination probably has some presence in the department of mysteries well
2: because they have the prophecy obviously they have the prophecy room oh that bums me out i was thinking of a wizard nasa
1: they're into astrology the whole thing so we get a Do you you want the teeny description we do have?
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: Uh, So we have a piece of dialogue from Luna. She says, four of them, the Death Eaters, chased us into a dark room full of planets. It was a very odd place. Some of the time we were just floating in the dark. And then we find out a few lines later that Luna blew up uh, the replica of the planet Pluto to stave off attackers so we well, know that now there it's are not
0: a, now it's not a planet so <laughs> ah,
1: this is, is that what that was
2: <laughs> maybe it happened when was this when did this take place oh like my 1996, god 96 right that was roughly when Pluto was renounced
1: whoa <laughs> 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 mind blown
2: but yeah i mean and that's the thing so i don't know if that necessarily like clears anything up right because are they just trying to understand like anti-gravity are they trying to understand the way that the planets interact with each other and people what are what are are they what are they trying to do
1: what if they refuse to learn about science so like muggles science and uh, well space
2: i mean it totally is science i'm not saying it's not science Um,
1: i watched a whole fake movie about the moon landing today so (laughs) i'm an expert on this maybe
2: it's just uh, but yeah that's it you know, but, maybe so, maybe
1: like muggles at this point had already done space travel. Space travel. travel. Or uh, so we're
2: led to believe it was done by Muggles. So they say. So they with the say moon landing. And oh all right. I,
1: I wonder about wizard <laughs> wizard uh, attitudes toward muggle science.
2: But I think it would be okay, we've already established that wizards are idiots. Yeah. right mm-hmm. objectively yeah. dumb yeah however it doesn't dumb people can still be curious about things right uh-huh. so there's no way that there isn't anybody who's just like nah we gotta get up there see what's going on yeah yeah like uh-huh. they, wizards there's witches and wizards in space
1: maybe they have like a ton of respect for space as a mysterious thing Thing based yeah. on their respect for divination and stuff.
2: Like no, nah, they want to harness power. They want to make better magic. They want to they want to be able to fuel their bigger magic. Space if we magic. know anything, at least about the Ministry of Magic, right? We know that the Department of mystery is a little bit separate, a little bit more siloed. But I think, as a general rule, they are still looking for ways to write. They're experimenting with love for a reason. They're trying to figure out how they can harness its power you like why it's dangerous things like that i think they would do the same thing with space
0: yeah Yeah. lisa i was actually going to bring up the point that regardless of what the the unspeakables, like the people who are actually operating the department of mysteries they might be in this for pure scientific knowledge or philosophical knowledge or whatever but we know that um you know, a lot of these rooms do that research does have a practical purpose. Right. So like the time room, we do have time turners and time turners are something that are controlled by the government and given out for practical reasons. Right. Um, So it's, you know, whatever comes out of it, like you said, like the ministry is profiting off of this in some way, and it is trickling down into something that maybe doesn't impact like every wizard's everyday life but does have a a place in the larger wizarding world beyond like it would be so cool to know about time and love and death yeah I kind of view it as
2: how a lot of scientists kind of have to sacrifice working on like military weapons projects so that they can fund the research that they actually want to do
0: yeah well like let's go back to the that comparison to the Manhattan Project right where it's like can we, can we build this versus this is now a tool of war?
1: Yeah, yeah. nuclear energy or nuclear right. energy for like atomic weapons.
2: Right. Huh. Well, yeah, I definitely thought about it a little bit more cynically than As I said. wanted to. Uh, I mean, what look at what we're living today—it's <laughs> hard not <laughs> to think about anything well, attached to anything cynically, but. Um, I definitely started looking at it uh, through a lens of we know that they they certainly help develop things like they mentioned it pretty offhand of like, well, you know, they're always developing new spells and new things in the Department of Mysteries. And, you know, it's just a matter of time before the thing that they develop is how to harness the power of the sun and blow up a country.
0: Right. And and we have no reason besides the this sort of extra Universe information we have about the unspeakables being sort of separated from ministry, not necessarily being as under ministry control as some of these other departments. But otherwise, we don't know much about them, right? So we have no reason to give them the benefit of the doubt that they're not working towards some sort of larger goal that might have negative implications to your everyday person. Well, correct, and I I kind of have the notion
2: that ninety nine percent of the the people who work in the Department of Mysteries either came out of Ravenclaw or Slytherin.
0: Yeah. Ooh. No, I think that's right.
2: Yeah. Like, I, I I, get that vibe big time from the Department of Mysteries. And, like, I'm not saying, like, you know, not everybody that comes out of is evil. However, they do know the benefit of power and profit and how to, like, further their own careers by, you know, developing kinds of things that other people with, mal-intent would want to want to use and i think that's what they do
0: and even if if even if you didn't want to go that far to be like oh there's a profit element i think there's still this idea that like a slytherin would operate with enough enough moral gray area to be like i want to know i i want to know how far i can take this theoretical thing or this experiment without necessarily being concerned with what's the end result of this
2: totally right like what 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 kind of essentially what kind of justification do you need to like
0: it's a it's a your scientists were so concerned about whether or not they could that they didn't stop to think about whether or not they should correct
2: yeah absolutely and I think that's god yeah I mean but like in order to be working on those kind of like higher level thinking projects you do have to have that kind of brain where you're just like I'm going to fucking do it anyway.
1: Yeah. You <laughs> I know? Have the opposite idea of them. I have been, uh, I read about the department for hours today and I just pictured like academics who just like believed in the sanctity of intellectual pursuit. Like I, I didn't even, I didn't even consider like a prophet or like a uh, harnessing things for a weapon. Um vantage point but that makes that makes total sense
2: right and i'm not not saying that i think that you know uh, you know in general a lot of things don't come from that space right of of good intent and and wanting to just be able to like explore and see what kind of things they can create with magic and how they can kind of push the the boundaries of magic but you know Plenty of people want to push the boundaries of magic and do evil, and I'm not, I just think that some of them are probably unspeakables, Because <laughs> it gives them an outlet and re- resources.
1: Yeah, for sure. So These you don't all think all turn out to be Voldemort. You don't think there's like a little bumbling Hufflepuff down there? Oh, there definitely love?
2: is. I just <laughs> think most of them are Ravenclaws and Slytherins. I think that the Gryffindors would not be because there's not enough glory in it. They're not
0: smart yeah. enough.
1: They're like, I'm not going to be quiet <laughs> about this thing I discovered.
2: Right, no. <laughs> I, also, I fuck don't... you, Sean. <laughs> uh, but no, I don't hey. think that there are, I don't think that there are many Gryffindors. I would I would not be opposed to some Hufflepuffs being, being in there and being like, man, I fucking
0: love this,
2: you know? <laughs> I love love. Like,
0: yeah, yeah I, I I actually think your Raven claws there are the ones to really worry about because they're the ones that are just like I will pursue knowledge
2: at oh t- at, at to, any cost to,
0: to the end, regardless right. of how that could be used. Like I mean, just operating in such a completely morally neutral ground Correct. that it becomes very dangerous.
2: Yeah, I a hundred percent agree, right? Whereas like, you know, you can definitely see the the pursuit of the Slytherins being like a you know, pretty openly self-serving. I think the I think the Ravenclaws are the ones who are out there creating pushing the levels of magic to an, an unhealthy mm-hmm. extent whereas the Hufflepuffs are just like happy to be included you know they're like yay we're gonna a job they're gonna no they're <laughs> gonna be the ones the Hufflepuffs are gonna be the ones actually creating practical use for people right they're gonna mm-hmm. be the ones that are like creating time turners and shit like that like the things that are actually helpful whereas the Ravenclaws and the Slytherins see the time turners and they're like, but what about this fucking harnessing time is back, you know, <laughs> like how can we how can we push it? How can we expound on it? And I just, yeah, also you just have to be a lunatic to work in the Department of Mysteries. Just mm-hmm. think about their working conditions.
0: It no windows. It is so okay. it is so fascinating to me. I You're, if I were a wizard. I would be very tempted. Oh,
2: to totally unspeakable. There. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. You would want to know all the secrets and all of those things. And, but just imagine going to work every day. And the first thing you have to do when you go to work is spin around a whole bunch and then guess which office you're going to.
0: <sighs> I guess I mean, maybe it's as, as someone who finds the time room. <laughs> as, as someone who did pursue academia for a bit and had, you know, thought like wanted to go on to pursue a PhD the the idea of just being like all you have to do is like learn shit and mm-hmm. like do all of this work in theoretically a bubble it is like really it's really tempting. appealing it's yeah. kind of sexy
1: yeah. that's I like the sound of that
0: right I feel
2: like they're kind of like you know we're like the aurors are like the hot shots mm-hmm. right um, of the ministry, I feel like the unspeakables are, like, the, like, the dark kind of broody get, like, cool kids that, like, nobody really wants to fight with, because they're really not kind of sure, but they're, like, also, like, they're so enigmatic, you're, like, really, really. Y'all, excited.
1: I legit just picture these, like, weird mole people. I don't I don't know how I have such a vastly different impression of this.
0: Because you're a uh, Gryffindor. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We're like those
1: fucking nerds. Right. The, down right, the, there. The, the Ravenclaw and the Slytherin are like, oh, I'll be
0: so hot to work there." I feel like, like,
1: Ugh.
2: Like, I'm unspeakable
1: oh. I'm a speakable. I need an audience. I need to talk all the time. No yeah, secrets no, here.
2: No, I think yeah, I think that I think that's very funny. Um, yeah, I can't get I, top And I think clerks.
0: that that to me confirms our theory. <laughs>
2: I yeah absolutely yeah I stand by it now <laughs> mm-hmm. I but yeah I just uh, I well and I think I think the thing that is is so is so interesting about the <laughs> just the department of mysteries is that there there is there there they're where man they're covering a lot of topics
1: have a question
2: yeah
1: all right Let's talk about the love room for a sec. Oh, wait. My question is, how does Dumbledore know about it enough to explain it to Harry? He's like, contains a force that is at once more wonderful and terrible than death. Blah, 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 blah. Dumbledore shit about love. How does he know? Do people generally know the topics down there, do we think? Or are the topics themselves top secret?
2: opinion that they do like arthur weasley when he meets broderick bode at the the quidditch match the quidditch world cup Mm -hmm. he's like he's an unspeakable Mm -hmm. we don't know what they get up to in there Mm -hmm. um i don't get the opinion that folks actually know what they do Mm -hmm. uh i just think it's a dumbledore thing like dumbledore is privy to information because he's dumbledore
0: yeah, we're just sure. supposed to assume Dumbledore is operating with, like, a higher level of intel than normal people.
1: Yeah, that makes way more sense.
0: And yeah. also remember, he was, like, multiple times tapped to be the minister of magic, even though he didn't want the job. So I, I think it's also probably mm-hmm. safe to assume that he knows a lot about the, the really inner workings of of some of this stuff yeah. Than, yeah. than, like, your average ministry employee would. That makes yeah. much sense. Yeah. yeah. And I think people
2: in general would be likely to spill secrets to Dumbledore because they're looking for advice. They're looking for like, hey, I'm here in my experiment. I need to push the bounds. What do you think? Um, Yeah. I bet he is used in a lot of advisory, in a big advisory capacity for a ton of the wizarding community, especially in research.
1: Yeah, he definitely has that top secret clearance. Um,
2: Whether he he does or not, he certainly has it all. He
1: like presided over the wizened gamut, right? Um yeah. I'm also wondering if um what doesn't wasn't he like running around in like the interim between Voldemort's downfall and return like studying why Harry lived. And maybe oh. it was part of his like pursuit of his inkling about the power of love.
0: That's an that's an interesting idea. Yeah that he would t- he would call in some favors to to be involved in that. Um, I'd also be really curious because, again, we don't know anything ab- about love. And I do, I like this idea of treating, because in Harry Potter, a lot of times love is treated as this like silver bullet, right? It's like, you won because of love, like, whatever, like, your most powerful weapon is love. The I answer like, is love. Yeah. I-, I like the idea that in this, case, we are seeing love as something that's truly dangerous, not yeah. in like a love will conquer all and save the day, but being like, you don't, we don't fuck with this room. Yeah. You don't go in there. yeah. It's a dangerous yeah. room. Like there is shit in there that you cannot handle. And I like the idea of treating it as something that is not that is powerful, but also like it is, it is scary and it is big mm-hmm. and it's not, yeah. it, it's, it, it's, it's more than what you think. I agree I I think
2: that it's also interesting that this is this but when he's starting to talk about the department of mysteries and and Sirius's death and things like this this is one of the first times this book in general is really the first time that you see Dumbledore um aside from the end of of the fourth book when Harry makes the comment of like I can really see like why people can see Dumbledore as dangerous and terrible Mm -hmm. um it's really the first time that you don't get any jokes out of Dumbledore Right, mm-hmm. you know, like the first, like books one, two, and three, he he's kind of just like, are you just like cuckoo for cocoa puffs, or are you actually a brilliant wizard? Like, what is, what what's your deal here? And here is when he's really starting to talk about it, and he like he gets really serious about talking about love in, in the way that it's so dangerous. And I think it's I think it's really interesting, and I am. It's one of those things that it would be would have been interesting to see if she had taken love as like gone that like more dangerous route she didn't really
0: yeah
1: uh, and sorry i
0: i'm like really i'm really caught up in this idea of like the mirror of said should come from here from the <clears throat> department of mysteries mm-hmm. and like i'm now thinking of also love as this room where like is this also where like desire is held and like mm-hmm. these these parts that are adjacent to love or the like the the tentacles of love and the way that it can spawn into something that's not good because it would seem to me that like the mirror of erised could be in the love room
2: right
1: i could see that um because there was that bit about like purity of intentions in order to Mm -hmm. get what you desired i'm we, we got to do a Dumbledore deep dive because uh, yeah. it's making me think about his love with Grindelwald and how that almost pulled him to the dark side. And so he probably has a reverence mm-hmm. for it because of that. For
2: sure. Yeah. And I think that, especially in the love, right. You can see, you see where love becomes dangerous, right. Because you, you have these branches of, of not necessarily love, right. But like corruptible love where you get those passions of like obsession and jealousy and um desire where you can really see where that can take on a really dangerous capacity for i mean inhuman right like just human nature yeah um and it would be really like what is that are they trying to hard, are they trying to like what are they doing in there well, we
1: see what happens with love potions
2: we do like, right and they do. talk about how slughorn says it's the most dangerous potion that he has on the table right mm-hmm. and he's sitting next to like felix beliches and uh veritaserum and uh what's the other one? Oh, apologies potion oh, Polyjuice, right yeah. which are all objectively probably pretty dangerous potions um for for many reasons and he's explicitly said like this is the most dangerous potion that you would make that you could possibly make
1: mm-hmm. so in that Pottermore interview um she does tell us Uh, So the the direct quote is, so that room, I believe, would have at its center a kind of fountain or well containing a love potion, a very powerful love potion. But that's all we get. Just like Um, a... Yeah. And she also uses this opportunity to confirm that Bellatrix is wildly sexually attracted to Voldemort.
0: Oh wow, cool. we didn't we didn't know that. Didn't need that Bellatrix, the most outwardly horny character <laughs>
2: I saw <all> that. <laughs> Yeah. I,
0: it's just like
2: nobody needs that detail, also. Uh,
1: apparently uh, the director of the movie of Order of the Phoenix had to call JK to be like, uh, Helena Bottom Carter is like really laying it on thick with the sexy stuff like is this accurate and Rowling was like
2: yes yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, it's sex <laughs>
2: have y'all have y'all ever seen The Great No, it's a show on Hulu um, about Catherine the Great okay there's a relationship in there with like uh, with the, the King Alexander or Alexander I, I don't know and prussian king um he uh yeah it just makes me think of bellatrix and Rodolphus and voldemort (laughs) even though i still stand firm that voldemort has zero desire to fuck anyone uh that he is only in love with power and has no no desire to to be sexual with another human being he just wants that kind of connection
1: I think he's like a Kendall down there, just like his face. I agree.
2: Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I don't think he has the ability to feel any kind of like, he doesn't even want it for any kind of like power dynamic. He has mm-hmm. no desire to have that type of connection with another individual.
0: Because yeah. if I'm, re- if I'm remembering, um, uh, Deathly Hollows correctly, like that scene where, where Molly Weasley kills Bellatrix, like the, the narration is basically like when Voldemort, sees her fall he's furious because like essentially like I I forget what the exact wording is but it's like his greatest general has fallen it's not that he the the he's not seeing her as a partner or uh someone you will miss or anyone like anything personal he sees her as like this this commander for him. He's and an
1: unfuckable. Has- <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> he sorry.
0: is an unfuckable. He Oh. Tom Riddle the unfuckable. Woof. Woof.
1: <laughs> sorry, Sean. What are you saying? No, so no, no, no. Just like it,
0: I, no, but like I, he just uh, like she's and we're we're given in in the narration which we have no reason to think isn't fact, right? It's not someone thinking like The narration says, like, he saw his greatest general fall. Yeah. There is no other human emotion attached to it. Yeah.
1: And
0: certainly
2: not love. Ownership could maybe, but that's it.
0: Yeah. Can we talk about the memory room? Yeah. Yes. Because I, so when I was reading these books, I don't think I ever really put together like the, the brains and like what they did and the way they would latch onto you and hurt you. I never like understood the symbolism of how that was memory. I do now it's trauma, right? It's, Mm
2: -hmm. but it's, (laughs) I mean, Madam Pumphrey says almost exactly that. Right. When, when she, when Ron gets into the hospital and she's like, Oh, he'll be fine. Um, But you know, memory often leaves really deep scars.
0: Oh. I think that's oh. really, I think that's really clever. It's, it is it's quite a, clever. It's it is clever. A, it's a silly image because like reading it, you're just like, why are these like, you won't, they're like jellyfish. Like they're like these brains, like attacking you with their tentacles. And it yeah. seems weird and stupid, but it like, it, it's a little heavy handed, I guess, in the symbolism, but it, it, it does work. Right. I didn't and see there- the
1: symbolism until right now, so thank you, Sean.
0: No, no, Up me neither. Like, <laughs> I, this was not something I like thought about when when reading it. Yeah.
2: No, yeah, I definitely did not. I do remember Hermione really being anxious about being in there. Um, I remember like even though she was super anxious about being in the Death Chamber, she was she was quite anxious about the Brain Room as well. Um, where she just really wanted to pull people away from there. She's like, I don't like it. I don't like mm-hmm. it in here. I want to get out. Um, and Hermione's like hesitance and. Like, just yeah, just always made me uncomfortable.
1: Wizards will literally do anything but go to therapy. They like created a department,
0: <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. they are like,
1: give the brains, uh, legs and hands. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Um,
0: and we and can we just saw just for a, a very brief second to call back to our Ron episode that like Ron is the one who is attacked with this trauma, mm-hmm. yeah,
1: yeah. You know. I have the quote here. So, Ron caught the brain in his outstretched hands. The moment they made contact with his skin, the tentacles began wrapping themselves around his arms like ropes. Harry, look what's happening. No, no, I don't like it. No, stop. That made me laugh so hard today. Or he's like,
2: I don't like it. I don't because <laughs> he was also hit with, like, a drunk spell, basically. <laughs> right, yes. where he was like, great!
1: Oh, oh, that Braves! makes it... That makes it make way more sense. I thought this was raw, unadulterated no. Ron just <laughs> being like a baby.
2: <laughs> no, he got hit with Damn some it. sort of like, yeah, like mind altering spell. Ugh. Um, when they were in the space room, I and yeah, he he was like drunk Ron. Well, thank you for one.
1: clarifying that. Um, what else did you want to talk about with memory, Sean?
0: No, that was just that that connection that I did not make from mm-hmm. reading and like reading the book. A million times yeah uh that now i think is really clever and yeah interesting yeah it's pretty profound
1: oh.
0: so so what are the the fan theories about the rooms we don't visit and that aren't named well so before we move on to that i would like to talk about the hall of prophecy yeah okay we haven't, you, we haven't ha- talked about it yet how does that work fit? is that one all of the of rooms or home. is that something else
1: it's one of
2: the it's, rooms. It's okay. one of the rooms. You have to go through the time room to get to the Hall of Prophecy, which I think is really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, because, of course, what we know about the Department of Mysteries is almost nothing, right? So I don't know if it necessarily... We know it's just this, like, really random, like, fun house... Like, I kind of picture it like a fucking H.H. H. Holmes horror show oh. um, mm-hmm. of, a, of a government building... Uh, so I don't really know what goes on in there, but it's curious that if it's any kind of linear and it goes through the time and then into prophecy, I think that's really, really interesting. Um, but the hall of prophecies is just that, right? It's like these little orbs that contain prophecies that people have made, um, and they're stored in the hall of prophecies. Now I have a thousand questions. I'm going to just list them out. Yes, yeah. please. Okay. All right. I'm just going to list them off. How do they work? Do the <coughs> prophecies like pop up one day and the unspeakables have to inventory it? Or do people need to report them when they happen? How many do they get at one time? How many prophecies are happening throughout the world? If they do need to inventory, they, inventory them, do they have to listen to them so they can label them? And then if so, then at least one other random person in the world knew knows about all of the other prophecies that happen. And that makes that guy quite a liability and why don't they just try to find that guy instead of breaking into the department of mysteries altogether
0: so to answer what i think one of your questions is i think the way that they get them is that someone reports them like pensive style yeah because the glass
1: orbs are full of a white full of memory
0: so like like dumbledore is the one that gives why the the Trelawney prophecy Mm -hmm. but why Well, no, that's a that's a more interesting question, actually. Like, what's 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 making people report these prophecies?
1: It's it's like I would say it's like for the sanctity of the thing. Like, I think there's probably a massive respect for the power of prophecy and seers. This
0: might be my Slytherin coming out, but like that's that's mine. I heard that. Good. I'm not telling anybody. <laughs> I Right. I mean, and Dumbledore the knows the power good. behind
2: it. So why would he share it with the greater, like, why would he share it with somebody?
1: I think, I think it's like a sacred thing. I think it's like just... a part of history or it's like your luck. Maybe I could see it being like, oh, thank God we're, we have someone reporting this one. There's probably a ton that are lost. Like so probably did harry, so many that are lost did
2: dumbledore then force harry to report the prophecy that trelawney made during his final
1: maybe
2: yeah. well yeah i mean we don't know that that's there right i'm sure it's not if he has to report it harry wouldn't know to report it he didn't
0: know nobody really knows that's what i was going to say like what is the what is What's the, the what is the cultural knowledge of this so like if i'm just like whatever a random wizard and i hear someone give me what I think is a prophecy I'm probably just going to be like that was a weird thing Sally just said like I don't know who to contact like
1: there's probably like reputable seers like seers are culturally they're like they have had a position in society
2: for sure but not everybody is a seer okay so also
0: very interestingly that means the prophecies that are in the hall of prophecies are only the ones that have been Either spoken by or spoken to someone with a m- enough institutional knowledge and cultural clout to get their prophecies in that building. Mm-hmm. So that means it, it. We have a very, very, very skewed like sense of the world based on the prophecies that are in there.
1: Maybe there's Correct. maybe there's like a an unspeakable job where they like go outward to locate. A person who they heard heard a prophecy, and they like get them to do the memory thing,
0: like like Men in Black style. Yes, oh, exactly. I kind of, I do kind of like that idea. That's kind of yeah. cool. Like, yeah, I do like that.
1: I like to think that there's just like a bigger thing we don't know about.
2: Yeah, there's but yeah, that's pick. that's my beef on the Hall of Prophecies. It's just like, what's the protocol? How the fuck does that work?
1: Yeah, and interestingly, so like they, it's like. If, if the prophecy is, like, not about you. You can't pick it up. You can't pick it up. So I wonder mm-hmm. if that's, like, an enchantment for security or or what. Who knows?
2: Right. Um, we know that they can label them.
1: Yeah. And so the Harry's prophecy was originally just labeled, like, for Voldemort. And then after... Voldemort killed his parents and Voldemort made the prophecy about Harry. Yeah. They then went back and updated the label to be about Harry, which is interesting.
0: Right. Cause it could have been about Neville.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, those are great questions. It's really fun that we have more questions than answers here.
2: I know. Mm-hmm. I do love that about the department of mysteries. Yeah. yeah. But mm. that was my, that was my last of the rooms that we know about
1: um i think that's like maybe oh i have a question about um sirius's death so in the movie bellatrix hits him with a killing curse and then he falls back through the veil and we have that awkward amount of time where he's able to look at harry and smile shouldn't have happened but in the book does he just fall back through the veil and he's gone
0: so it's interesting in the book is we don't know what the curse is Um, so we don't know if it's a killing curse or not obviously there are there are curses that are not the killing curse that can kill you. We yeah. don't know what we don't know what the curse is that Bellatrix sends it. It does Sirius. say
2: that they. I think they do say that it hits. It's a green light that hits him in the chest, though. So we're I remember. Led- I thought
0: it was like a or no, maybe I'm thinking of um what they hit Hermione. The purple. Um, yeah. Um. But I. But we don't. Whatever. We don't hear her say the words. No. So, so theoretically, it, it, it could be. It it could have been anything. Um, It is. I I always read it as the implication was more. He died because he fell through the veil. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: I also agree with that. And I think the thing that's so interesting is about that specific chamber is that when it happens, right? Lupin is like, you can't save him. He's gone. There's
0: nothing else you can do. But why does he know that?
2: Good question.
0: Right. And, and is So I know that Hermione like does not like the the room with the brains, but there there is she also really like a gen- there's like a general being uncomfortable being around the archway as well. Oh, right? they hated like, it. She yeah, hated it because like Harry and Luna are both like, no, I hear I hear people through this. And Hermione's like, we we can't don't go near that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Ginny is like transfixed. Mm -hmm.
2: She won't move. She's like, and so the people who seem to have um, a greater attachment to the dais are the folks who've seen really big tragedy, right? Mm -hmm. Harry's parents, Luna's mom, Neville's grandpa, and just like his parents and all of those things. Um, And then Ginny being, you know, super possessed for an entire year um, by Voldemort. Um, And Ron and Hermione are the only two that can really like help drag folks away.
0: Yeah. And and I think of um, I mean, obviously she's like full of shit, but like when Trelawney is just like, oh, Hermione has like such a mundane mind, like she can't handle this like divination or whatever. I do think of that when I think about how Hermione was just like, don't go fucking near that. Like we can't we can't be near this idea that like Hermione is so grounded mm-hmm. in in this world that when she sees that veil she's like this is this is not for us right we don't yeah. go near that and you know what big time right <laughs> big time right
1: big time right
2: big time job, right Hermione. yeah she she got that one she nailed it that's
1: but her I I- that, intuition it, and
0: it's but I also like this idea that like she would really have this instinct not to go near it because she is so uninterested also in this world beyond as well like she sees mm-hmm. that as that's not for her. She clearly has a natural aversion to it.
1: Oh, that's correctly. so interesting. I love that. Yeah. Cool.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: For. Uh, what's up with the non security?
2: Uh, yeah. No, I don't know. I don't even remember them having to unlock the door. Like they literally just walked. <laughs> just walked. They just walked right the they fuck just in.
1: Got into the ministry at night. Also, w- big big praise to the work-life balance of all these ministry workers because no one was at work there's nobody at work that night
2: (laughs) one security wizard that works at the ministry
0: whose name is eric (laughs) well right because (laughs) doesn't doesn't arthur get attacked by nagini because like they're kind they're having sort of like order of the phoenix people sort of like hang out around the department of mystery and make sure no one tries to break in not that day that not was that like not that day. The no,
2: only security... They were all taking, they were all getting drinks at uh headquarters. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. So the kids these children to be clear they just like traipsed into the ministry and into the... And
2: the most wanted <laughs> witch and wizards in the entire world huh. just traipsed right in.
1: That's really just doesn't add up i don't even know if we no, should talk about
2: the it the whole we it, it it doesn't
0: i feel like we we <laughs> you <laughs> know we, could, what? we get here they, a
1: lot <laughs>
0: they had they had to get into that room for the plot so we put him in that room for the plot and sometimes it really just comes down to that yeah yep. i like it
1: i like yep.
0: it yep and you know what eric
2: the the ministry security wizard uh he probably lost his job so yeah mm-hmm. his life <laughs> or is <ruined>. he's dead. <laughs> <laughs> but Oy my goodness day. uh
1: Uh, Moving on, Uh, because there's never security in this series. Uh, So we don't expressly learn what's in the remaining rooms in the department of mysteries. Do you wanna hear some theories?
0: Mm -hmm, Yeah.
1: Uh, So number one, different aspects of the human experience like fear, pain, and hate, one theory. Number two, intangible aspects of existence like truth and wisdom. And then things directly related to magic we have heard about, like alchemy.
2: That's oh, there's like definitely it. an alchemy room. Yeah. That feels right.
1: That would be cool as hell.
2: So yeah, I I feel I feel like th- that feels right for sure.
0: I don't think there's a room for like hate and fear. I think that's all in the love room.
1: Mm, yeah. I like that.
0: Yeah. I would
2: believe that for I sure. Agree. Yeah.
0: Um I also, I
2: have a thing that I think that is really interesting um, is the idea that like, they're really interested in pursuing, I guess, p- potentially like pursuing experimentation with death and, and things like that around there. Even crazy lunatics like xenophilias Lovegood know about the Deathly howls or assume that they do, right? Like as like, a big conspiracy theory and things like that. But you know, there's one unspeakable in there who's like team, you yeah. need to be talking about the deathly hallows. <laughs> and the rest of the unspeakables are like, stop inviting Ted to the back to the like oh to no. the work parties.
0: No, totally. There's like uh there has to be a room that's like the deathly hallows and like the holy grail and like right. all of all like those like these mystical magical items. Just yeah. in case
2: they're real, right? Yeah, like there's no way that the ministry isn't trying or at least somebody in there isn't trying to to find the Deathly Hallows and figure out how to replicate them
0: yeah no totally and also we I mean this is to use like a real world comparison um I've always thought it was like crazy interesting that like the Nazis were obsessed with like occult relics
2: yeah oh. and they were obsessed like, with
0: o- finding them right and like obviously like Grindelwald is yeah. obsessed with these occult relics. So I do yeah. think they have a larger, deeply magical, It like, like clearly people in this universe who are hyper, hyper into magic and are really, really powerful. So like your Grindelwalds and your your Dumbledores are obsessed with these hallows, which means there is some presence of them in the Department of Mysteries. Oh,
1: definitely. I bet oh, there's absolutely. like, I bet there's Horcruxes in there.
0: Yeah, totally. Mm.
1: Hmm.
2: there I think I think that there are I mean they're called unspeakables for for a reason right so we have to assume that they are really digging into some dark stuff mm-hmm.
0: I also and maybe this goes into that like alchemy like there, there's rooms that are just about magic there has to be a room there that is trying to figure out why some people have magic and some don't oh,
2: they wow. actually talk about that um so that was one of the reasons why the department of mysteries was developed was to um not in the books they don't talk about this as a Mm -hmm. canon this i found on like harry potter wiki um but they they talk about how the reason was that basically a group of wizards got together to figure out like why wizards why not wizards
1: oh my Um, gosh
2: and they basically proved that like wizards and witches are born not made and so basically proved that there is no way for like a muggle-born to have stolen magic so even when all of this shit was going down at the ministry where they're trying to like start the muggle registry and all of this and accusing people, the unspeakables all know that that's bullshit and that's not possible.
0: Wow. But they don't say anything or they do, but they get fired or whatever. Doesn't matter. They're, they're, they're their own entity. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Wow.
2: But that was one of the main reasons why it was started um, because uh, they started to do a more experimentation on understanding the muggle condition and why it's different than wizards which is a wizard
1: the muggle condition i like that it is a condition i do feel it is neglected. a condition we do there's like a room for like election fraud uh, <laughs> as well as wizard eugenics yeah um <laughs> yeah that's This is more interesting than I actually thought at the outset. Yeah.
0: Hmm. Um, But if you guys were unspeakables, what room would uh, you want to, like, which would you want to be your research room? Space room. Lisa's all in on the space room.
2: I need to know (laughs) what they do in space. I have to know.
1: (laughs) Who's they? Oh, the wizards? The (laughs) the wizards.
2: (laughs) I mean, people too, but I just feel like it's more tangible if you have magic.
1: I think perhaps time. I think I might want to fuck with time.
0: Yeah, I get that. Uh,
1: yeah. Just how's it work? Just look I, at clocks.
0: Okay. I I would want I would want the death room. Why? I I have been so captivated by that image since I like first first read this book as a kid. It is so, like, that just, again, because I I always paired it in my mind with the visual of the mirror of Erised and just this abandoned doorway, essentially, in this big empty chamber is just, like, so haunting and fascinating to me. And the way that everyone reacts to it so differently is just so interesting.
1: What are some experiments that you would uh, do with the archway?
0: I don't know. And I want to know that too. Like, because when we see time, we get it. Like they're, we see what they're, what they're studying. And then we see the practical applications of like the time turners and things like that. Like, I don't know what you do with this. Because it seems like everyone should be too afraid to even get near it.
1: Or just like roll things into it.
0: Yeah. Just to see what happens. It's like, <laughs> like get
1: things from muggle we- artifacts. Like roll a bicycle into it
0: (laughs) yeah like can you like I don't know if you like so okay can you remind me because I've always had trouble visualizing this scene when Sirius falls through it does he disappear do we get his do we get his body
1: no No. and I think that's done deliberately so there's no evidence of Sirius left of the ministry after the battle yeah
2: yeah, no, the, the, he's gone and because Harry is specifically standing outside waiting for him to come out.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, right. What? He says, like, at any minute, he's going to, like, uh-huh. get up yeah. and, like, laugh and keep fighting or whatever. Yeah. And he just doesn't. So that, like, that is also really because it's not just, like, it's not just killing you. Like, you're going somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. I was Which is curious, really cool because I was curious if it was like essentially like an archway and like you could I don't know let's say you could like roll a ball through it right mm-hmm. and it would come out on the other side like would there be a way to like what's like infuse death into an object could it go through could it go through the archway yeah but no yeah. because it just disappeared you would just be sending it into whatever this like realm is right or
2: right and if you were to put something in through without a soul would it just walk out the other side
1: what doesn't have a soul a ball Oh, you said walk out. Sorry, I got
0: confused. Oh, or like person, Barney Crouch Junior. He doesn't have a soul. Wait, so is it a is it a portal? Like what? Like I don't know. I'm just so fascinated by it.
2: Totally, yeah. And I think that's one of the things that makes it so dangerous and so and like so interesting. Mm-hmm.
0: So we like, just if, don't know. So if like you said, if you di- if you didn't have a soul, like if if you put something that didn't have a soul through it, like a ball. If I wrote a ball through it, would there be death in this ball? Is that a weapon? Have I made a weapon? death ball death ball <laughs> <Neat>. <laughs> uh, is- i don't think you could retrieve it though so no so right. so that's the que- that's the question like again is it disappearing or is it like if you don't have a soul if you're not a living thing it would come out on the other side like it, it, that's what is so fascinating right. to me right right we just don't know and i think i think we
2: know that sirius died
0: uh-huh.
2: uh because he is able to be brought back with the resurrection stone Right. He's hundred percent. So we dead. know that's right. We know that, that we know that it wasn't just like a weird wormhole portal to another dimension where Sirius can is just like somehow trying to figure out how to get back. In the upside um, down do you with think a, potentially a bunch of like ex-criminals who were executed
0: back in like the eighteenth century. Uh do you think a ghost can go through it? So we know that ghosts are like imprints of people who were too afraid to to like fully die. Right. So if like nearly headless Nick was like i have come to terms with death could he oh, go like through the and like pass the good on? Place? yeah like the good place yeah uh That's a great i would like to think yes hmm. and this is why i would study that room
1: i think i would only want to work there if the three of us could work there so we could hang out Together. and talk about our secrets
0: Oh, right, nice. we only those are talk- my
1: terms we're a package deal we
0: can only talk to the to each other about it right yeah
2: i like that that's it a- okay i could also i Pat. can deal with that i'll deal i'll work in the death room if we're if it's just the three of us
0: no what if we all work in different rooms so then we that's could like, like gossip yeah. we could yeah. oh there we go i can be like yo team black
2: holes it's not that bad <laughs> people make a big deal out of them, but it's not that bad if you have magic. The muggles are so stupid. It's really <laughs> cool in there. <laughs> wow. Oh, what a fun episode. I'm thrilled
0: about it. Yeah, thank you, guys. This was, this is actually really, really this was such a fun, because the Department of Mysteries is so not, like, we don't have a ton of concrete information. This was, it was, like, yeah. so fun to just get to, like, speculate wildly about this part of What's the going on. I agree. It, I thought um, it was a ton of fun
1: happy to learn that Lisa's really curious about space and black holes and that Sean you're a dark bitch (laughs) (laughs) you love death, and I'm too much of a Gryffindor
0: (laughs) Lisa I never knew you were just like I gotta know about space (laughs) <laughs> I
2: don't know if I I mean I think I've always been that way I like, I knew you liked Star
0: Wars but I didn't know you like really liked space
2: <laughs> I think it's just one of those things that we're just never ever gonna know about and I think it would just be cool as fuck and, and terrifying to know about mm-hmm. like I think it would be the scariest information to have and also crazy fascinating Uh,
1: so if anybody has any theories about what else is in the department of mysteries, please He's let watching. us know.
0: <laughs> and you can email us if you must at I'll do it. WatcherHairyPod at gmail.com. Right. Or mm-hmm. you can uh talk to us on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Why can I never remember?
2: Watch, uh, Harry, watch pod Harry Podcast.
0: I watch at Watcher Harry Podcast on Instagram. Uh yeah. tell us your favorite room in the Department of Mysteries. What else you think is like hanging out in there where you'd want to work? Let us know your thoughts.
1: Or just request more shirtless Neville and we'll work on that. Yeah. I've really
0: loved that. Yeah. All right. Bye, y'all. Thank you, guys. Bye. The Watcher Harry podcast is hosted by me, Sean Fitzpatrick, Lisa Moen and Caleb Kelleher. Our editing is done by me, Sean Fitzpatrick, And our theme music is Dance Macabre, Busy Strings by Kevin MacLeod at Incompetech.com. It's licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 license.